Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Bullseye Podcast. In this podcast, we'll be covering current affairs, pop culture topics, and trending technology news. Periodically, I'll be meeting with people to discuss their personal stories of hardship and success. For any topics that we cover or any guests that we have on our show, you'll find the bios and any other resources available. I'll make sure that they're posted with the podcast recording so that you can make use of them. So now you have, I guess this would be by December, and you know that you have five viable uh, embryos that can be frozen and ready for transfer. And then what? So what's the next step? So the next step is actually before the next step, I would say that if you are going through IVF, I would highly recommend getting your embryos tested genetically just because if you see the number i had eight and if i froze eight only five were actually viable so they do the testing at this stage they go through a variety of testing to make sure that it is going to succeed so i really recommend if you're going to go through all of this make sure that you have the best quality embryos and get them tested ahead of time and also if you do that that genetic testing that they do, I think at the five month mark, once you're pregnant, to check for abnormalities, you don't actually have to go through those testing because the PGT is more viable than those testing at that stage. So I remember one of the reasons why we chose to do PGT as well, because we, we also evaluated the cost of PGT versus the amount of potential failed attempts of transferring. And at the rate of what you pay for an IVF transfer, even if you had two or three failed, the co- it covered the cost of PGT. That's right. So really at the end of the day, the amount that you would have spent being upset or disappointed, it, we just saved most of that by just getting them tested, knowing that we had five genetically tested and viable embryos ready to go instead of eight. So that means that we probably would have had three failed. That's right. And that's, that can be expensive. That's so right. So we covered it. So then now we've got five and now what? How much, in a case someone wants to know, the cost of the testing I think is $2,500 for eight embryos? Is it uh, eight? You think it was 2500 Yeah. I thought it was 3500 Okay, so you know what? It's either twenty five or thirty five. I know that's a you lot. Know. But um, at $1,500 for a transfer plus medication three failures is 4,500 bucks. That's right. So even two failures is $3,000 plus medication. That's right. Each transfer costs $1,500. So you you have to keep that in mind. Sorry. So your question was after January. Yeah. Now, first of all, before we go into what you do next, what is your, your rational brain is saying to you, I have five potential. I, I was so excited about this process because I believe in the science behind this. I trusted my doctors. I trusted the process. I had a really great support part. I just felt like this is so good, especially because I was told from the beginning, let's aim for one to two. 
that was my kind of, that's the number they told me that at my age and what we're going to try and do is we're aiming for one to two embryos. So for me and us to walk away and say, you have five viable embryos is an incredible feat. And by the way, there's, I think there's three different, there's euploid, mosaic, and aneuploid of embryos, and ours are all euploid. What, what is the term? Euploid is basically where the egg is at its best quality, at its best quality. And they have a whole list of factors how they determine the quality. Aneuploid, they uh, will not actually transfer an aneuploid embryo to you. And then there is mosaic. Yeah, I think one of the five was they weren't able to determine that's right. So out of, uh, so five, what, what mosaic is basically, yeah, they don't know how to determine if it's aneuploid or euploid. And in speaking with the doctor, he said they have transferred a mosaic embryo so many times and it's been perfectly fine and they've had full-term pregnancies and whatnot, but, but the risk is that it just, it could, it also could not work, but they don't want to, there's, you keep that embryo because it's a, in, in better, it's a viable embryo. So they will keep that as part of the grouping. So we froze that embryo as well. They'll just use that one potentially last. If you want to go through your embryos, they'll, they'll use that one last. Okay. And, and I believe the doctor said that he was hoping for two would be awesome. Yeah, one to two. two. One to two would be amazing results. Yeah. And we ended up with four, like awesome, and one probably okay, but we're not sure. Yes. Got it. Then what? So then I did something called an ERA biopsy in January. And what an EA, ERA biopsy is a diagnostic procedure that helps determine the best time or the optimal time to... Um, do an embryo transfer. So it's basically narrowing down that window even more for when the doctor goes and does the transfer. And usually they'll do this ERA biopsy a month before the transfer and they'll narrow it down to the day. So they'll say on the sixth day after your period or the seventh, they'll tell you that exact number is when the optimal time is for transfer. So that biopsy in terms of the procedure, what it felt like was they insert a catheter and they do a, is it a, I don't know, swab. Do we want to just call it a collection? Sure. <laughs> they take yeah. a collection. They take a, of, a very little collection of your uterine lining, I think. That's right. And that's right. They, they met because they want to measure the thickness of that's it to right. determine whether or not it's it's going to be at the level it needs to be in That's order right. to receive an egg. That's right. An and embryo. if it's not, Sorry. and if it's not, then they have things that they can do to make sure that your lining is nice and thick for the time that they need to do the transfer. Did you have to do anything? I didn't. Okay. So everything was optimal. And, and so I did that biopsy. It doesn't, it, it, it does it hurt? No, it's quick and you feel like a little pinch. Got it. So you had this little ERA. They were able to determine that your lining was good. They did that the month before you decided to go and do a transfer. By the way, that was $800. Okay. So there was a cost to do it. But, yes. And this is a, an optional thing to help yes. the doctors determine the exact time, date yes. and time or time of day to implant or That's to transfer. transfer. That's right. Okay. And then 
So when did you do that? So I did that in January. Got it. And then I went in for my transfer date was set for February. February. Okay. And so then you go in for, you go in for your transfer and what happens? So I go in for my transfer and that's the day that you have to have your full bladder and that full bladder was extremely difficult because they are making sure that they can insert the embryo and with the with, with your full bladder it actually what it does is when they're viewing the ultrasound they can see things better because your bladder's pushing like everything forward and up and out so they can see properly that's why you have to have that full bladder and didn't they basically when you got there you told them hey listen i can't do this i am going to piss myself they actually noticed that that you were peeing yourself i was like so uncomfortable (laughs) dancing around and they're like okay listen let some of it get let some of that out and then come back here so i i did that and then for the transfer chris you chris was able your partner whoever is able to be there for you at least at this point so he was right beside me and then they gave him the option. They said, listen, you can come around and see what I'm doing on the ultrasound or you can sit by her shoulder and hold my hand and through that. But he picked to, to stand beside me and hold my hand. But I know Chris, he's very <laughs> processed, like what's happening? I said, just go look at what she's doing. It's okay. <laughs> he went around to the other side and he can at this point see like his view is of the ultrasound screen to see what the doctor is doing. And by the way, my doctor wasn't the doctor that transferred wasn't my, I don't know if this fertility matters. Doctor, yeah. No. But he, that wasn't my fertility doctor. It was um, another doctor. There's three there, three of them there. It's that doctor and a nurse, an ultra, sorry, an ultrasound technician. What they do is they confirm that you are who you are. They speak to the lab that's right beside the <laughs> transfer room. It's like a, a drive-through It window. is. It looks like a little drive-through window. <laughs> they say it's the Conlins. They're here. They just want, They make sure you only want to transfer one or how many you want to transfer at the same time. If you want twins or triplets, you can definitely Yay. transfer more than one. But we wanted one at the stage. They double-check that and they say, okay. Um, they insert a catheter uh, into your cervix so that you're so that they can feed the tube with the embryo through that catheter. The insertion of the catheter doesn't hurt. It's totally pain. Like you just, it, it's not painless. You feel something. It's just not doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. And they say, okay, you ready? Here we go. And you can see they, that they take the tube and they put it through the catheter. The embryos in that catheter, they make sure it's, def- I don't know if they call it defrosted. Or thawed, sorry, thawed. You put it in the microwave for 15 seconds. Um, It's thawed out so that it's not frozen. They make sure that it looks okay because during the thawing process, uh, it can be, yeah, it can degrade, I think. So, anyway, so this was fine. And uh, we were told, oh, your embryo looks so good. Let's do this. So, we We put the, the, so it's like diamonds, right? They grade them based on their quality of this and that. And so they start off with your best, what they would determine is your best and highest quality embryo. And and by the way, like all of them were with the exception of the one that's mosaic, which doesn't mean it's not best. It's literally just some type of grading thing. And so, yes, they put that embryo in and that 
transfer takes maybe the whole process took maybe 15 minutes yeah maybe 15 20 and the transferring took i don't know no time yeah it was only a, uh, a minute and you don't feel anything by the way the, the person going through it you don't feel the the transfer at all but chris could see it being inserted and you describe what it looked like when you saw the embryo transfer on the embryo transfer it was cool you could see they would point out to me the catheter so you'd be able to see the stem of the catheter inside the uterus and when they pushed the embryo through you would see a little bubble and they would it doesn't look like a bubble to you and i but like on the screen you could see the little shape of a, a little bubble and they say that the embryo is in that little bubble and then eventually it'll like the bubble will dissolve and then the embryo will make its way to the lining but it was cool to see that process on the screen that's right the mm -hmm. whole thing is so cool yeah. and so we we did that and then you just wait around for about five minutes i think and then you're free to go you go to the bathroom right after <laughs> you're yeah the the only instruction is don't do anything crazy especially the day of your transfer you chill like just go home Put relax. on some type of show and just chill and relax. Yeah, don't get into any heavy lifting, working out, running, like just go home. Yes, you feel fine, by the way, like you completely feel normal, but you should really take it easy. And now you start taking shots. Yes. So you start taking shots from the day of transfer. These are, this shot is called progesterone and oil. And it's, I forget what you call it, the term is sub something but it goes into your muscle intramuscular injections yes it, yes I, that's it with a 22 it, or a 23 gauge needle so the needle is big <laughs> the needle's big yeah the needle's big okay like let's just cut to the chase the needle's big yeah the needle's um, big the needle's big it goes it has to be because it's actually transferring not like a not like a fluid liquid it's oil so it's a thicker substance and it's going into your muscles so like your butt your ass cheek so it has to be the proper gauge mm -hmm. and read uh, there's so many videos out there about like different kind of methods and ways to get through this because you have to take this injection every day same t around the same time at least for around three months so if you are unsuccessful in the transfer, you stop as soon as you find out. But if you are successful, you have to take it for almost three months of your term. How, how long yeah. do you take it for initially until you find out whether or not you were successful? So there's a two-week waiting period after your transfer, and they'll call you in for uh, HCG blood test to determine if you're pregnant or you're not. They recommend for me that I don't do an at-home pregnancy test because with IVF, it can give a um, skewed result. Yeah, skewed result. So definitely just wait. Or if you want, just wait. I did. It was tempting to try <laughs> to do the test, but I didn't. I just, I didn't want... The false positive. The false, yeah. yeah I didn't, he didn't want to have the false hope that something that's was right. there. And then thankfully you didn't do that because on day 12 or whatever it was, you went in for your HCG. Yeah. So I went in for just the blood test and um, the nerves are real, but I'll tell you, I was so excited. Uh, we were both really excited because I felt like, why wouldn't this work? You've got your embryos that are euploid. We did everything we were supposed to do. It was just, Every yeah, I was not almost positive that I was pregnant, but I was like, oh, this is going to work. And I had really high hopes. And I, oh, in terms of symptoms, 
after the transfer on the second day, I felt, no, this, this, yes, the second day, I felt some cramping. And that was the only thing that I felt. Which would coincide, it was one and a half days and it would coincide with implantation cramps. Felt like that. It did. I went in, I got my blood work and then it, you're waiting, which seems like literally years. The whole day, right? The whole day (sighs) to find out your results. And unfortunately for us, it, it, we weren't pregnant that shot and it was devastating, devastating. It was devastating. It felt for me like a pregnancy loss and because i know that it was an embryo that it had every reason to succeed but for whatever reason it just didn't take and i didn't think of that alternative because i thought that when you do ivf it's a guarantee of a pregnancy and really what it's doing is it's giving you an extra chance or greater chance. It's not ever a guarantee. And I think that's where I had it wrong in my head from the beginning Mm -hmm. is that it's IVF. This is the sure way that we're going to get pregnant. Like it's not going to work. Like this is going to work. So I was silly in thinking that way because it really, what it's doing is it's, it is giving you an advantage and an extra shot it's at not it. silly it's not silly at the end of the day there's numbers there's statistics and sure the doctors every single one of them will tell you there's no guarantee but at the end of the day everything literally everything leaned in our favor yeah. everything was going fantastic your body was responding to everything everything was just going perfect there was, was. absolutely no reason for it to not Zero. have taken so I personally, in my experience of this whole thing, that was the hardest part for me was watching you go through that hardest part. Yeah. Really just accepting and understanding that it's not guaranteed and that no matter how perfect you or your body are, you still have to leave some of it to nature. That's completely correct. Yeah. Right? You could only you can only do so much and and then part of it's out of your control and part of it is out of your control which is a very difficult concept for me yeah so we struggled with that news right oh we struggled so hard with that news that was very difficult and we had such great support of our very close friends and family going through that they were definitely there very supportive and one of the things that i said on my instagram post that is so true is that anyone that's going through any type of fertility struggle, challenge, pregnancy loss, whatever it is, what you, what I didn't want to hear is don't worry. Like you're, it's going to be like, you're going to get there. It'll, it'll happen. Yes. You know that it's going to get there. It's going to happen. But right now it's so shitty. It's so shitty. Yeah. And having people understand that with you, they don't have to have, they didn't have to go through it, but they get that this moment sucks genuinely was, is it's very real and it's very raw. Also, the worst thing you can do for someone going through pregnancy loss or some failure or struggles is to ignore a lot of people. Sometimes what they'll do is they'll just, they don't know what to say. Maybe they don't know how to support, but what you shouldn't do is just ignore the person and just think they probably just need some space. Let them tell you maybe that they need that space, but just checking up on them and making sure they're okay is so incredibly important to the 
the recovery of this. And I was so happy to have people that really, they didn't go through this, what I'm going through, but they got it. They understood that this is so shitty and were there for us. And I truly appreciated that hard truth and talk with some of these people. Yeah. That was hard, and, and I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I know you weren't alone, and we were in no, it together. No, we, but, yeah, we definitely but went through I keep saying I'm the emotional rock, the one who drives you, but you're the one who physically went through this stuff. And even during the next stages that we're talking about here, it's you and your body, and I respect that, which is why it's we're going through it. we're going through it together. It's the same thing we're going through, but we're going through it differently. That's that's true. And so we got through that. We hugged and cried and talked it out. And then a couple of days later, we start to be thinking more, you know, rationally. And what are we going to do next? And what does this look like? And so before we get into what we actually did, what were some things that we were thinking about and talking about? Things? Went through a lot of things because one, I didn't, I know what it sounds like. Oh, I had five, I have five embryos. I now have four embryos. Oh my gosh. Like you're still good. I, but I didn't, because I was, it was so easy to blaze through the one and not have it work. I was scared that I'm just going to have another failure and there's a lost embryo again. And I genuinely, IVF ha, was incredible for me and for us. Like we, this has been life-changing for us. But I don't know that I could go through another retrieval personally. So that worried me too. And I, I, I was thinking maybe I need to go through the retrieval now, although I don't want to because I'm still, I'm 37. If I wait any longer, we know how quickly these eggs degrade. And I'm just worried that I'm losing more and more time. So what's the best thing? Do I try with what I have or do I do another retrieve, another round of IVF? Or, or do we look at sur surrogacy? What do we do? Well, why do we look at surrogacy though? Because I think one thing that we missed in this whole story was that you have never even had a pregnancy scare. You we, Up until now, you had never even known no. whether or not your body could be pregnant ever. Yes, that's right. So surrogacy was the reason why that was on the table. We were like, okay, we did everything we possibly could to control the whole process and you still couldn't get pregnant. So maybe somebody else needs to carry the embryo. Yeah. Maybe my body just didn't know just, how it or what to do. Yeah, yeah. It's not cooperating. So that's why we looked at or thought about that. Yeah. But it was a conversation actually with my mom. I don't know if you remember, but she was here like in like end of February or I don't know when it was, but obviously a few days after the failed transfer. And she just said, listen, I think what you should do here is really think about what you have. You went in, you have these solid embryos. Like why wouldn't you just try with what you have? And if you have to go in for another round, if you blaze through these ones, then you'll find a way to do that. You'll do what you have to do, but you have this right here. Why not try again? And I just said, you know what? She's right. Let me just at least try again and see what we can do. So that's how we narrowed back down into let's give it another rip. Did I wait a few months? March, I found out March 4th that it didn't work. So then it wasn't until April that we tried again. No, we didn't wait like a, a whole long time because we did it like the following month, basically. I didn't have to do another biopsy. The biopsy is good for, I think she said a year or six yeah, months. Six months to a six year. Six months to a year. So I didn't have to do that again. So we skipped one cycle. 
like one 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 oh my goodness one period yeah. cycle and yeah. then the next one we started again and don't feel badly by the way with however you are grieving you grieve loss however or f- you however you need to grieve it and don't be afraid to reach out to people don't be afraid if you need to pull back from people don't just yeah. do whatever you need to do to get through it because it's it's messed up like yeah. it's really messed up and so and male partners or partners out there it's okay just give them a hug tell them it's gonna be okay and that you're there for them yeah and and that's yeah that's just kind of my little two cents about it yeah yeah and then yeah then we decided to go in for another transfer let's give it another shot yeah and we did that in on april the 17th we went in and this time it was with actually the doctor that did my biopsy and we had such a great experience with her. She was so good. We had, even in the room while we were doing the transfer, it was just such a fun, lighthearted moment. But this time she said, Chris, do you want to stand at the monitor to look or do you want to sit beside Michelle? And he chose to sit beside me this time. And I'll remember that moment forever yeah. because I remember you holding my hand and we're wearing our masks and you just looked at me and your eyes were watering and you were like, this time is going to work, babe. And I just, I just felt it. I was like, okay. And yeah, it's, and then we did our transfer. I'm welling up. <laughs> me too. Me too. You can't, you can't one of the benefits to being rooms. in a different room. Yeah. We're just going to cry in our own little. We're just going to cry in our own. <laughs> okay. That's cute. Um, anyways, so we did the transfer and that day, um, again, took it easy for that two-week period. Uh, uh, by the way, during this two-week period that you're waiting, the, <laughs> whatever you can do to keep your mind busy, do it. Anything. Anything. You want to plan a party? Plan a party. You want to plan uh, like a vacation? Plan a vacation. You want to take on a new project? Take on a project. But you like do. seriously? You don't know what to do? Plan a party. <laughs> plan a party. <laughs> this is the best time to actually to keep your mind busy. It will eat you. So like seriously, just keep thinking about other things. Keep busy. I didn't really work out. I didn't work out at all during this time. I just walked. And then basically we went in for a pregnancy test on the 17th. I guess it would have been 12 days after the 17th, 29th. So the 29th. Yeah. So we went in on the 29th of April and did our blood test, came home, was waiting for that phone call. That call came in at 1.34 PM. I remember. And I, it was the clinic and they just said, is this a good time to talk? And by the way, what I didn't mention is that during this transfer, I was obviously less optimistic that this would work because of the failure the first round. Not even less optimistic. I would say I was a little bit more negative, actually. I was just thinking of the reasons why it won't and and planning what if it doesn't. I think and this was a defense mechanism because you likely, didn't want to get hurt again. Likely, likely. Just trying to safeguard my heart. Yeah. So I just, I didn't feel anything. I felt the, the cramps the second day, like the first time, mm-hmm. but there were no symptoms at all. Same, it felt like the same all over again. Yep, it felt like the same. So this time I just had no feelings of it working. And when she called me, she just said, congratulations, you're pregnant. And I was in shock. I just was not expecting that. I 
I just said, hold on. And I ran to get Chris and I put her on speakerphone and I said, can you just say that again? And she's, yes, you're pregnant. Congratulations. And we, we couldn't finish our words. Can you call us back in a moment? <laughs> yeah. I think we got out and then we just yeah. cried. We just bawled. I'm rolling up again. I know you too. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was just a really incredible moment. But it's not over. That was a really important milestone for you because, again, you had started to give up like hope that your body could get pregnant. So <laughs> that was a big milestone. But so it's hard to get to stay in a rational state of mind because you're so excited that you're pregnant now. But the next few stages that need to happen where things can still not be in your favor. Oh, of course. That, right? Like, this is so early, early at the stage, like, uh, that it's so sensitive. So I was excited, but still definitely Grounded. nervous. Heartbeat, which was a couple weeks later. Yep. And then again, it was a couple more weeks after that for another test. I think that's, it was the second heartbeat. That's right. So my, my clinic, so you're taking the progesterone again since the day of the transfer, you continue. Then at seven weeks, May 21st, that's your first, that was my first ultrasound. Right. So I found out on April 29th that we were pregnant. Then May 21st, I had to go in for my first ultrasound. And that's also where they listened to the heartbeat. And the heartbeat was at a strong 154 beats per minute. Then June 3rd, I went in for a second ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And this is all at my fertility clinic. And the heartbeat at nine weeks is 181 beats per minute really quick. For me, this is... So the first heartbeat was an important milestone because that confirmed that our embryo had attached and there was a fetus and it was our, yeah, it was starting to develop and there was a heartbeat. So for us, that was like the first big milestone. Okay. This is legit. We can be happier, but not happiest yet. And then the one on the third for me was for me, the third was like, okay, we're this good. is it. We're good. This is good. You're still not guaranteed because there no. are other reasons why pregnancies can fail. That's and right. There's lots of people out there that are going to say five weeks after you implant, you can still lose your child. I lost mine. And, uh, and those are terrible things that people have to go through. I could not imagine hearing a heart heartbeat and then no like no. that would terrify me to have to no. go through that. So I'm trying to be sensitive at the same time. For me and for us... I felt better at the, at that second ultrasound where at we the nine that, week. Yeah, I felt better about that, and I felt okay. Now I can breathe a sigh of relief and celebrate the pregnancy a bit more. For and then sure. Then I had my last ultrasound at my fertility clinic was on June twenty fourth, and that's when I'm twelve weeks, mm -hmm. and my the heartbeat's at one hundred and sixty three beats per minute. So, at this stage of my fertility at my fertility clinic they say we've done what we can here congratulations <laughs> and you're graduating and you're going to <laughs> yeah select your ob and go on from there so yeah. some fertility clinics see you up like to laboring but dr vero is i think he's slowing down his practice or anyways whatever is happening but they do prefer that you see an ob and go from there Wow. So that's quite the journey. Yeah. To get to this point. And how many weeks or months are you and I pregnant now? Right now we are 19 weeks and five days. And 
What are the last couple of milestones we've recently gone through? So basically, you've, we, we've passed the three-month scary stage, and we're well into, oh, are we half? I, yep, almost. Yeah. So, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm due on January 4th, 2022. We just found out the gender of our baby. We can reveal that on here. Oh, you reveal it. You, you do it. You do you. it. <laughs> I have been saying that I thought that we were going to have a baby girl and I'm almost never right when I try to predict <laughs> things. So I was going to predict a boy, but then I thought, you know what? I'm never right. So I'm going to predict a girl. And so I have been saying a girl, I've got a name in my head. I referred to the bump as her. I referred to everything <laughs> as her. And I think I, I don't know, sent some subliminal messaging to people because everybody pretty much went along with the same thing. With the exception, I think, of mom since day one has been like, nope, boy. And so sure enough, we found out on Tuesday of this past week that we will be having a boy. Yay! (laughs) Super excited. Boy, girl, doesn't matter to me. At the end of the day, I'm just so excited to have a baby with Michelle and it's going to be so amazing. And of course, because we're planners, we already had a list of names that we were working on. And I think we know the baby's name, but obviously that won't be announced until the baby is here with us. So, Or at least when we know for sure. At least when we know for sure. (laughs) Which is when the baby's here with us. (laughs) When the baby comes out and I see for sure there's a ding dong, then we'll give you the name. (laughs) I'll tell you something, by the way, for anyone that's waiting in that two-week period and that dreaded two-week, or even after three weeks, four weeks, you find out you're pregnant. During that two weeks, it is completely normal not to feel anything. Completely. It is... (sighs) Yes, there's a lot of things happening in your body during that two weeks, but it's at a, what do you call it? Like cellular, like it's at a very small level that your body may not necessarily pick up on, on like obvious changes, or at least it won't be obvious to you. So if you're not feeling things and you're waiting in the two week, you're like, oh, it's not going to work. I literally feel nothing. My boobs don't hurt. I'm not throwing up. It is way too early, generally speaking, to be feeling that or those things. And I'll tell you, every pregnancy is very different. Even if you've had a baby before, your second, your third, no pregnancy is ever the same, even for the same mom. So I would say that not don't listen to other people, but just know that your experience is going to be very different and unique to anyone else's potentially likely. And even up till now, besides a missed period, besides an obvious belly now, besides bigger boobs, I have had zero symptoms in, in terms of being pregnant. I haven't had morning sickness. I haven't had any migraines. I haven't had any crazy food cravings or necessarily food aversions. It's just not necessarily obvious for everyone. So don't feel sad and down if you're not feeling in all those written down symptoms that you should be having or could be having by now. Your experience is going to be very unique than anyone else's experience. Just remember that. Thank you. So looking i'm I'm just looking through some of the questions i had and we've covered everything we've been very good at our back and forth dialogue and the flow that's been great thank you the one thing i think i would ask at the end here would be in retrospect what one thing could you say was your biggest learning experience 
Oh, what well, one thing? <sighs> it would probably be the expectation factor. That's probably exactly what I what learned. I yeah, the mo- <laughs> the most is that I not to I don't like. I just, I think I went into IVF and the process being like, yeah, like sure shot guarantee. And it's helped in in all sorts of families, all types of families, be able to have a family that they've wanted. But sometimes it just may not go exactly how you think it's going to go or should go. And while... The whole process is planned. <laughs> There's definitely some unplanned moments that can happen. And to just be a little bit more of a, for me, to be a bit more of a chameleon and understanding of those changes that can happen. And not just because it's all, this is all very scientific, but not everything. There's nature. There's also nature. And like a big part of it is nature, a big part of it is science. And yes, trust the process, but also understand more the risks so don't like don't be unrealistic with your thoughts and expectations yeah have hope but definitely um, have hope but don't sit here and think that it's the end all and be all and it's going to work 100 percent because every single person every single process not everyone's going to have the ability to go through the entire process like we did we were Absolutely. fortunate enough to go a little bit above and beyond and some people won't be able to do that and that kind of leads me to a couple of other points point one would be that i believe that going through this process has opened my eyes as a canadian citizen i believe that there are a few things that the the government of Ontario in our case and the federal government can do more to allow people to exercise their rights to have family growth and gender selection. So there's, I know there's some debates about being able to select your gender, but I think that there are some rules and laws that are in place that are archaic and need to be reevaluated. Also the financial burden that can be bestowed upon somebody when they decide to go down this path. That's also another point. Let me just point out really quickly, but the financials is that you should estimate between anywhere 20 to 25,000 in Ontario for IVF. For a full set, like a full, that includes the the, the genetic testing, the transfer, transfer, everything, everything. your medication, everything. So just budget between that. Also, sorry to interrupt, but I just remembered a really important part is that Government funding is available for those. I think their age limit is 40, which again, like why? This is so silly. Like people are starting their families later in life now. Like why are we penalized? But I think the age limit is 40 years old, but the government will help fund your first IVF cycle. Yeah, which is also great, but again, it's it's free service. But as not everything is free, you still have to pay for some stuff. That's right. And you don't get any of the other sort of helpful things that can really carry your, the whole process through to the maximum p- possibility. And I think that's, as a Canadian, as a human being in Canada, I believe that should be your right. It's not just your right to have a child. It should be your right to have the best fullest maximum capability of the medical system that's what we pay for that's what we should have the right for absolutely so if that means genetic testing that means freezing embryos that means the transfer then yeah you that should be covered and 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 also remember that some clinics have a long wait list to get into IVF, like mm-hmm. to like a funded IVF treatment. It could be anywhere from six months to two years to I'm not sure how long. Make sure that if you know that 
you're having fertility challenges, talk to your fertility doctor and see, even if that's not right away what you want to do or think that's what get you want to do, get on the list and just hang out there and you, you may know, not wait. use it. Yeah, you may and not if you use don't it. use it, that's okay. They just take you off the list and the next person's on the that's list right. and you just make somebody else's day because you yeah. got pregnant or maybe you didn't and you don't want to go down that journey sure. anymore. You want to get a dog instead. I don't know, but just get on the list, get it done, stick with your clinic. They'll get you there. It might take uh, a couple cycles. And, and I think another note about that is that usually I think you find out at the beginning of the year, but then you find out, I think it's one year after you get on the list or every April or I can't remember. It's something crazy like that where they find out in April just after tax season or something, they find out how much funding each client yes. gets. And so there's something to do with this. So if you're getting on a list in June, expect it to not be until the following April, but you might be able to get on the April list if it's in February. And also to note too, there are some clinics, I know one for exact called Create Downtown Toronto that has no wait list for government funding, I, I believe. Uh, anyways, little, right now, yeah. as of right now. So you, I think it, there is no list. I don't know how, or wait list. I'm not sure how exactly that works with the government, but yeah. The last point about all of this is in regards to all of the people who don't fit inside this stereotypical mold of heterosexual like environments. Mm -hmm. So it's a long acronym, so bear with me, but I did a little bit of research for all of those people who fall into the LGBTQQIP2SAA, which is a long list. I get it, but it's inclusive. There are resources for you, gay men, lesbian women, transgender, lots of resources for people here in the GTA uh, specifically. I'm going to post all the, the research that I have found for the, the non-heterosexual couple people so that you also have information. And I would also love to speak to anybody in those areas as well so that we can have a, a more diverse and more inclusive fertility conversation journey, conversation yeah exactly. for sure exactly for sure. wow um just over an hour and 40 minutes and i didn't expect it to take that long but i'm so happy it did the, the information that we've gone through in your story our story is i i just hope that it be, it's well received i hope that it's if anything it it's that was the kind of the point of my post too that i had put on my instagram is that even if it touches one person or gives some one person just some type of hope i feel like i've done i've done what makes me feel good and i had so many women reach out to me on my dms of just how uh, helpful that was, how it gave them hope. They wanted to speak to me privately just to understand the journey. And again, everyone's situation is so different, but I, I just, it made me feel really good. And that's just, I, it helped me too. It also helped me too while I was going through this to have that kind of community to speak to and have this I don't, it's a really great network of people mm -hmm. going through, struggling, fighting to get what they ultimately want. And uh, it's not an easy journey. And the most important thing through it, I think, is support. And it's nice to have that community. It's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your part of the story. Uh, of this journey, again, going back to the very beginning, I know that you're not one to overly share personal things, but just knowing that you sharing this goes a long way for helping people 
says a lot about you. And I genuinely appreciate you taking the time to be on this channel and sharing your personal story. Of course. Thanks for having me. And I'm so excited for us and our, our next little chapter with our little baby boo. I'm so excited and very happy and grateful to be here. Same. I love you. Thank you. Love you too. Thanks so much for having me.